You're dialed in to the Turnin' 2 Podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another edition of the Turning 2 Podcast. I am your co-host, Tito Rivera. I am joined by a very special guest tonight. He is the one and only Dan Buffa. Dan, how are you doing? We are on the precipice of the playoffs. What's going through your mind? Oh, man, it's just it's going to be a long wait for like another, what is it? We're just short of 48 hours. It's just, I wish they would have gotten this wild card game going on Tuesday. You know, they have to wait two days. They have to wait nearly when the, by the time the rain delay became official yesterday, it's like a few days without baseball. I just hope the Cardinals can, you know, I, I, the one thing that I'm always afraid of is not another team, but too many days off after a hot streak. So uh, it's it's an anxious time for writers and fans and everybody just waiting for this game on Wednesday. Yeah, and I think it's awesome comparison to uh, the 2006 World Series, right? The Tigers sweep their series 4-0 um, and then come into a battle-tested St. Louis Cardinals team um, and just look absolutely flat. So I totally understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just want to – you kind of want to get it on. It's like with two two fighters in the ring. You don't, they don't sit there for two days. You know, they get in the ring and they go at it. And it's one of those things where it's it's you want to see the Cardinals get ahead first. And it's just you, we can overplay this game in our minds for another 48 hours or 46, I guess, for the first pitch. Yeah. And to be fair, we're, we're going to be playing uh, – after the games that we'll be playing it in our heads, you know, whether we lose or win. But uh, before we get into that game, I'm going to uh, start off with what uh, became a not so great Monday because no chaos was involved. I mean, uh, you know, 162 happens and we remain with the status quo. Boston gets in, New York gets in. The Giants win the pennant after 107 wins, and the Cardinals <laughs> find themselves going to uh, to Los Angeles. So, Dan, I, I just want to ask you, um, were you ready for the chaos, or were you just kind of like, you know what, it is what it is? I, I think after this kind of weird season, you know, the first full year after that crazy uh, COVID-shortened season last year I think a little crazy was kind of in order and I, and I I'm always for that because the Cardinals have been one of those teams before they've been one of those teams that just as a result of chaos got in the playoffs so for those fan bases to experience that it must have been a rush but I guess for the overall cardiac arrest that baseball can give us maybe a not so much of a hard stopper yesterday and today wasn't too much of a bad thing no and and look as you said, the Cardinals coming off that 17-game win streak, I mean, talk about um, a thriller, uh, if anything. Um, it's kind of nice to have this buffer in between. Uh, as, you know, I know we just got done saying uh, we want to get this thing going, but there is ni- there is something to say about a buffer in between the game so you can have a chance to catch your breath for a second and get the uh, realize the gravity of the moment that you're in. Um, I, I, I want to speak about the gravity of the moment. And I know you saw Harrison Bader's article today on the players tribune. He was speaking yeah. of the moment of that the Cardinals 
uh, he himself finds him in, but the team finds himself in. Did, uh, did you get a chance to read that? And, and if you did, what was your impression of that article? Well, the crazy thing is my STL Jewish light editor will send me any shred of a Cardinals and a Jewish link. So when he gives me the uh, a Yiddish term called minch and he goes, I think we can do make something of this article about Harrison Bayer. And this is about a half an hour ago. So I skimmed it. I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm going to read it tonight because I might be writing it by tomorrow. When you're, when your supervisor, uh, digital supervisor gives you a headline and a, and a link to write and cover, it's pretty much going to be a cinch, but it doesn't surprise me. He's always been in a very outgoing personality and hearing him retell parts of the story and, the season and how they came back is classic Vader style. It's over the top. It's like a big cake with extra icing and fireworks and candles. And right now it's benefiting the Cardinals in a big way. Yeah. And I think we lose sight of how much or the humanity the players go through when they're going into um, a stretch of 17 games where they just consecutively win and we just we forget about the the emotional toll that it takes on a player because I mean think about it over the weekend that they were playing against the Cubs right you had a couple of games where you came from behind very late in the games and the emotional expense of that that proves on the players or that takes on the player has to be at an all time high and then to couple with that you've got fans screaming at you on Twitter in the game I mean just speaking to that moment I thought Harrison Bader was about as real of a person as anybody could be and it was just really cool to see um, a player open up about the emotions and then um, and just just essentially say you know what it's time to it's time to get going though we've had our fun we had our 17 games but now's the time to to put it to the metal yeah, I mean, I feel like throughout a whole season of baseball, which is, you know, I mean, over 162 games and now with the, with the playoffs, a lot of times you, you look at these guys as, as machines, like go out there every game, starters every fifth day, do your job, leadoff guys get on base. But, you know, we have to remember that even if we ever played in high school or in college or in Little League, you know the emotions and the electricity that go through your body when you're trying mm-hmm. to – Focus even in the outfield of the game. Imagine being on the mound, being at the plate, and every day, four times a night for hitters and the pitchers being out there for 100 pitches. It's just something that, that stacks up over a season. So to see the Cardinals shining and when usually the wear and tear beats a team to the ground, they're just kind of rising up. That's why they're going to be a scary team no matter who stands in front of them. Even if the in the other dugout, there once could be a former – Cardinal manager staring the Cardinals down eventually. I, I don't think there's any team with the way they played. Even when they lost, even when they lost to the Cubs this past weekend, they're always they're close. It feels like the lineups that she'll put out, the Cardinals contending and winning one of those games was kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of unexpected. Yeah. But the way that O'Neill is hitting, I mean, he was just named September player of the month. I know that right now he's probably deadlifting a Prius somewhere. And <laughs> or two. If they, you know, if they landed at LAX, he's just out there going, hold on, guys, hold on. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think any – I think any team should be afraid of the Cardinals right now just because of the way they're playing. 
Yeah. And I was at the game yesterday and it, it, you mentioned how that they were being competitive with the Cubs, even though they had <laughs> starters coming out of the second. Triple A against four A. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Even then, the Cubs fans were very, very excited when they were winning. And I just kind of <laughs> stared at them for about two, three seconds. And then I said, no, 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 I need to calm yeah. down real quick. I, I need Take to calm it easy, down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Take I, a deep I, breath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where you, you get into the moment of, of, of the game, right? You're thinking about what's to come and, and specifically for these Cardinals, um, they have a mountain to climb on Wednesday. Um, it's not just any hill. It is a full-grown mountain in the name of Max Scherzer. Dan, I, I've got to ask you when when you find when the the dust settled and you knew that it was Los <laughs> Angeles and it was Mad Max, the St. Louis kid. What was the first thought that went through your mind? It's it's fitting. It's just it, for, for this team for the Cardinals to advance. They're they're going to have to face the tallest mountain in the game, and right now. Even with whatever team he is on, the Nationals or the Dodgers, whatever he decides to do next year, hopefully it could be, you know, red and white, and you know, maybe in the Midwest. But until then, he is the enemy. And the, all, all the Cardinals can do is take a little bit of, of comfort in the fact that he's gotten beaten up a little bit in September and the Cardinals are beating everybody else up. But right away, when you see Max Scherzer out there and he's got – the green and the blue eyes, and he just looks like he's mad. Like you know, they they messed up his breakfast. He didn't sleep right. You know, they gave him a Burger King burger instead of a you know a Carl's Drive-in burger, which would just be <laughs> crap. And he gets to the stadium, and he's just yeah, he's just he, he's fried nerves. And anytime you have to face that in whatever setting, it's 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 a bad deal. But as as Cardinal fans know, in in October. And even Dodgers fans understand by now, it doesn't really matter what you were the last five months. It matters what you are today. And the Cardinals, again, Max Scherzer is a tall task, but this team can can match them. As they, they, they got owned by him last time, which usually means the next time they, they give him a little bit of trouble. I know Tommy Edmond just lately at least shreds Scherzer. So hopefully, if you're going to ever bat Tommy Edmund leadoff, do it do it on Wednesday. Yeah, and, and again, I'm going to draw a slight comparison back to, to 2006 and even the 2011 season, right? Um, the 2006 team got healthy at the right time. Their season was, was brutal, right? I mean, an 83-win division uh, crown is not something to ride home about, but the fact of the matter is, is they, they got in. And right now, I feel like the Cardinals are – kind of in the same situation right where they got healthy at the right time they go on this 17 game winning streak get in as this wild card albeit it wasn't just by the skin of their teeth they were in clearly but the fact of the matter is is they flipped the switch very very quickly they took that 83 win season crumbled it up in a little tiny ball and put it in the trash can as quick as they got to san diego and by the time San Diego realized what was going on, they were getting beat hands down. Um, and albeit that was a series that they played the Padres in, but I, I can't help but wonder if this is the same scenario we're facing right now, where the Dodgers, 
they're coming off a pretty decent season. I don't know. 106 wins is pretty decent. I'd say <laughs> um, yeah. but they're also coming in looking at the Cardinals. I guarantee you, they saw what was going on because they were part of that streak where they, the Cardinals won 21 or 22 or whatever it was. Right. They were a part of that. So they know, but here's the catch. When they played the Cardinals, that was at the very, very, very beginning of that stretch. And so this, what they saw then is not the same team. So I'm wondering if you think that that plays an advantage for the Cardinals. I think it does, because even in that series, they, they split those four games. And, and, you know, in that series, the Cardinals, even when they were contending, it wasn't like when they were playing two weeks later than that. And it's, it's really what, when I was looking at the Atlanta Braves and I was sizing them up for a potential Cardinals opponent in the postseason, I mean, they took seven of eight, but that was a different Cardinals team and they beat different Cardinals starters. For a lot of teams, I mean, they're going to think that they know. Even Albert Pujols is probably telling them, well, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we could have taken three out of four or four of four in that series. But even he hasn't seen this team. He hasn't stayed. He hasn't played on the same field as the Cardinals since that. It's almost like the origin story of that crazy winning streak and overall wins out of games. And it's a different team. I think the Dodgers are going to in for a surprise, even if the only thing I will say is that sometimes in that home ballpark in L.A., there's a little bit of a you know, rough magic that can happen. But right now, all of that magic seems to be on St. Louis's side heading into that game. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about it a lot. It's Cardinals devil magic. Um, it is what it is at this point. I mean, it carried us through 17 games. It carried us into the postseason. And so we'll see if it, it carries us just a little bit further past the Dodgers. Um, but let's let's talk about one thing that I know that most of the baseball world is, is ready to see. Um, and obviously I'm talking about Mad Max versus our own great pitcher, Adam Wainwright. And I know it's, uh, it's something to, to be said that when a 37 year old and a 40 year old go at it and you're thinking, well, that's the best that they have to offer, but it truly is. Um, but I, I want I want to draw a comparison for you and I want you to kind of elaborate your thoughts and I'll give mine uh, as well. And that is right now, the only thing I can think in my head is this, this matchup, this pitching matchup is worthy and, and justified as a direct comparison between Roy Holiday and Chris Carpenter in game five of the NLDS in 2011. Oh, most definitely. I mean, you can't escape it. I mean, from this, the fact that it was 10 years ago, the fact that it's just the time correlation, the, the, the way that Carpenter was pitching out of his mind, Wainwright's pitching out of his mind, Roy Holiday was still a force to be reckoned with. Max Scherzer is the biggest force to be reckoned with. And I think that's why when I was trying to think of a score prediction for Wednesday's game, I think it's going to be a pitching duel. I think – you know, there's the back of our head telling us that it could just be at a surprising shootout. Maybe the Dodgers jump on Wayno with a couple solo home runs. The Cardinals jump on Mad Max. But for some reason, just because it's maybe not as warm anymore, it's a little cooler. And the way these guys, these two pitchers can dig in as bulldog and competitors, I think it's going to be one of those two to one, three to one games. I don't think a lot of teams, I don't think each team is going to score too many runs. It's going to be some opportunities, but I think that these two guys are going to be on fire and it just matters who, which one blinks first. 
Yeah, and, and you know when I go back and watch tape of the the Roy Holiday Chris Carpenter game, I mean, look, the Cardinals scored one run off of two hits. <laughs> and that was the first, yeah, and that was the first <laughs> inning, right? Um, and yeah. so, you know, we've said it before on the show. Uh, Dingenals and I have said it before, right? Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes you yeah. get two hits and your guy goes out there and absolutely fires a gem. Um, and I think Wayno is definitely capable of that. You know, obviously there are those comparisons for him about being on the road versus home. Um, sure. I know that that is sticking in the back of my mind. What about you? You know, I think it's one of those things where we, as, a, as an audience, you know, uh, we, we will know early on if Wayno is just, okay, he's lights out. Right. But then we'll also know if he's, if it's one of those, okay, he's going to have to really compete and dial in and work over every at bat. And I, I think, again, the playoffs is just a different beast. He's, he's for his whole career, he's been a very, com, very competitive pitcher in the postseason. And I know he's, he's more lights out at home. And I think he's thinking, well, if I can win this game, I'll get a couple starts at Bush Stadium, hopefully, maybe potentially. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, you drop those regular season splits and you just go, this guy's on right now. It doesn't matter who's who's really standing on the other side. It's just it's going to be a pitching duel. And I think it's going to be whoever can just put that big hit together against one of these beasts. That's going to be the difference in the game. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that Wayno, um, his postseason ERA is below three anyway. And if you were to tell me that. I'd take that in a heartbeat. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? You know, I want to ask this question um, just so we get an understanding of, of how this is going to develop from, from each perspective. Right. So the question for you is the Dodgers win if blank. And I, I think if the Cardinals don't strike early and I mean the first three innings, I think if they allow Scherzer to settle in and they allow that offense to kind of get to Wayno, there's just a better there's a better chance of the LA coming out on top. Also, a bullpen meltdown. We've seen it work really well with Reyes and a combination of Garcia and McFarlane, and then going to Gallegos in the ninth inning. If we could put a bionic arm on Jordan Hicks right now, <laughs> can you imagine Jordan Hicks in that bullpen? It would just be it would just be like Dodgers. Just forget about it after the seventh. Well, it's you know? because I've said before that the Hicks injury was the probably the most catastrophic injury yeah, that the Cardinals went through. It, it was a very tough injury, especially knowing the talent that his arm is. Um, it just really set the tone for the early part of the season where they did not have their full yeah. set of arms. And it wasn't until – the, the, you know, the trade deadline for them to actually get to the point where they got TJ McFarland, they got Luis Garcia. Yeah. You know they what? They picked up these flyers. Yeah. I know. And, and you know what? I'll praise to John Moselock for, for doing <laughs> this because, look, the fact of the matter is, is when you've got a guy like Luis Garcia throwing 99 to 100 with movement and a crazy good slider, um, my first question has always been, how in the world did the Yankees let him go? Um, and the it's, same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. To your buddy Gallegos. They, I mean, look, they got Luke Voigt, yeah. but they also maybe they just can't evaluate. Maybe they give up too much on pitchers. They kind of give them that label of okay, you're always going to be the 
two or three inning, maybe bullpen guy, but you're not going to be notable. And I, and I think they put that some, they put that, that, that tag on that player a little bit too early, but yeah, I mean, I think if the Dodgers win, if the Cardinals don't strike early and if the bullpen melts down, I mean, they haven't been melting down a lot, but if the Cardinals get that lead and it's only kind of like a, maybe, a, maybe it's a scoring fest, maybe it's a four to three game and you have to ask Reyes and Garcia McFarlane and Gallegos to get those out. So it's going to be, uh, again, strike early, and I think I think strike awful. Right. Okay, so then on your end, then, now it's the Cardinals win if blank. I, I think, again, you have to flip it. If the bats can somehow pull a couple runs or even three off of Max and knock him off balance, and then Wayno can settle in. But also, again, you have to have – that one big hit, and my prediction is is that it is going to come from Mr. Harrison Bader. I, I just wow. think they're going to focus everything they have on Goldie, Arnado, and O'Neill, and even Yachty. You know, they'll attack him early, and hopefully he swings early. But I think Bader is just going to – for some reason, he, you know, he just completed his best season in the majors. I, I mean, offensively – he saved over all the team's defensive runs save that he was like, he had all the French fries. He had all the DRSs, I mean, Mr. Bader. And I just think that's not going to all of a sudden go away. And he was bashing, bashing those, those baseballs in Wrigley. He's hitting consistently. He's going to be the secret weapon. I think on Wednesday, he's going to be the skip Schumacher. I think. Uh, hey, I gladly take it. Okay. Uh, here, here's what I've got on my end. Right. Um, and it won't surprise you because it involves one singular player on both sides. Um, oh, I like it. Mine was more layered. I, I think that was kind of a cop out. Yeah, so I like your fine. idea of boom and boom. Yeah. It's only one player. And I hate to put the entire world on him, but I have to. Uh -oh. it's, it's that <laughs> it's that kind of it's that kind of game. And I'm I'm talking about Adam Wainwright. Uh, yeah. The Dodgers win if Wayno does not go more than five innings. I agree. I, I, I think that, like you said earlier, we will know what which Adam Wainwright we're dealing with pretty early on, within the first inning or two. It's not that he's been bad the last couple of starts, but he's got into trouble early in the last couple of starts. And what I mean by that is his pitch count gets pretty high very quickly. Um, yeah. He walks a couple batters early on, um, and it feels like he's in trouble. You can't do that a good, good, against good teams. It's not, it's not going to work. The Brewers, you can get away with it because their hitting was pretty fluky through the, through the last part of the month. And their pitching, you knew you could hit. The Dodgers, on the other hand, they have a good lineup from one through eight. And they've got a really good pitcher on the other side of the on the other side of the hill for you. So if Wayno does not command early on, then it could be bad news for the Cardinals very quickly. Now on the flip side, the Cardinals they will win this game if Adam Wainwright goes six to seven innings. Yeah. If he can pitch through the seventh inning, the Cardinals have a really really good shot of winning that game. But, but they still need to do their job on the offensive side. And this year they've done a really good job of giving 
Wainwright run support. In years past, it was not the case. Much like Jack Flaherty, I think, what, two years ago, he wasn't getting anything. But no. they've been giving him plenty of run support in his, in his outings. Um, so m- my thing only hinges on Adam Wainwright. Whether he, whether he pitches well or not, it dictates the tempo. Because if he does get to the seventh inning, you've got Cabrera, Garcia, Reyes, yeah. and Gallegos, four pitchers out of your bullpen to be able to lock down the eighth and ninth inning. That should be way more than enough how they've yeah. been pitching to solidify that game. So that, that's, that's where I'm at. However – it's still a really tough game to win. And that's the bottom line. And, this, you know, these wild card games, it is a very pressure intensive game. Um, and it just, you just don't know. You really don't know. No, you, you don't. And this is, I'll make this statement right now. This is the toughest battle the Cardinals are going to have in the National League. Absolutely. I, I, think if, I think if they win this game, they go to the World Series. I really think that this one gamer against the, the Dodgers who finished nine and one in their last 10 games, even with Scherzer's kind of shaky finish, you know, when the ACE was down, they were able to put it together. So if they can get over the LA, I mean, even Atlanta, even, I know the Braves kind of handled them, but I, the, the Atlanta and the giants, they, they just in Milwaukee, if they happen to get over Atlanta, I don't know how they'll do it, but this game on Wednesday could be the biggest hurdle before they get to the American League. Yeah, you know, Atlanta does not scare me. Um, the Brewers do not scare me. Yes, they've got great pitching just like the Dodgers, but you've already beat them five out of the last six times you've played them. And not to mention, one of those games was a gimme game playing uh, the B squad, JV squad, after winning 17 in a row and clinching the yeah. playoff spot. So, you know – Cap tip to the Brewers for beating a hungover St. Louis Cardinals. But, you know, I'm not that afraid. The only team that scares me is the Dodgers because of what they have. And, you know, we've seen it before in the past, right? These wild card games, it's everybody, all hands on deck. You know, if Mad Max doesn't doesn't have it early on, I guarantee you they're going to fire their next best bullet. Whoever's ready to go. And it's all, like I said, it's all hands on deck. You know, the fortunate thing is that both Walker Bueller and Urias pitch very recently. So they would be doing, in my opinion, the Dodgers would be doing a disservice and throwing them, but they may not have a choice. They may yeah. not have a choice but to go out there and say, you know what, we've got to win this game, but we're not making it. We're not going I mean, to. I mean, if the, if the Cardinals, again, found a way to get ahead, let's say Bader, like, bashes a three-run homer, and it's 3 nothing, and Wayno is, like you said, if he's on. And it's the fourth and it's the fifth. And, you know, you might go, okay, they, they get a runner on or two against Wayne They're going to yank. It's like, I mean, it is because this is the one game. This is the gate to the series. I mean, this is, you know, you, you want to get a five game series, seven game series. You have to win this game and yeah. you have to do yeah. it. Anybody could be a hero on, on Wednesday. Yeah, and I think what you're saying here speaks volumes because we saw this play out in Milwaukee, and that is the concept of scoring early, scoring often, right? I've said it before on Twitter. I'm a big proponent of it. Um, I constantly say productive out because I believe in the productive out easily. Um, But at the same time, there is something to be said about it. When you score early, it puts pressure on the other team's offense to match that. 
And if the Cardinals get out to an early lead, like they did in Milwaukee the entire time, except for Wayno's last start there, um, they put a lot of pressure on a Dodgers team that is expected to be in the World Series. Sure. I mean, yeah. that, that's I mean, a lot of pressure. It is. I mean, it's just it kind of sets up the atmosphere. Everybody's going to come into that game thinking the Dodgers are just going to, you know, they're going to be the ones that are going to stop this Cardinal team. They were the one at the, as you mentioned earlier, the origin of the 17 game winning streak. But I can just see the Cardinals putting up a three spot in the first, you know, the, the TBS TV announcing being as bad as it is. And you're just going, yes, you know, they're, they're up two or three, nothing. I, I, the Cardinals have to sucker punch this team. They have to be like that underdog, the slightly smaller animal that just has to do a little bit of extra work in order to get over this team. And I know you're, and you're a, film, a film guy. I kind of see this as a Ivan Drago, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, uh, I mean, it really I is. Do. I feel like the Cardinals are, you know, when uh, or the Dodgers are Ivan Drago, and Drago goes, uh, you know, he's like he's like iron. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like when when um, you know Drago looks back at a Powell Creed's people and just has that smirking like yeah. grin. He goes why are you even fighting me? Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's, it's, it's the streaking team against the, you know, one of the, the leagues. Most, I mean, really what the team over the Cardinals, as far as overall prestige, you have the Yankees, the Dodgers and the Cardinals. So whenever the Dodgers and the Cardinals face off, it's just, you, you kind of wish it was more games, but you're also glad it's not, as I mentioned last yeah. week, give me the one gamer against the Dodgers and then everybody else comes on. Yeah, you roll the dice here for sure. Okay, so so the ultimate prediction time. I know that um, we've said it before. We will cont- probably continuously say it for as long as we can until game time. Um, I want to know how you think this game ends. Give me a score and who wins that game. I, I think it's going to be won by the Cardinals in the first inning. I think they're they're going to put up a three spot. And it's going to be a three-to-one win because Wayno is going to settle in. And I really think the Dodgers are going to mount a lot of um, potential scoring opportunities. But I just think it's going to be whatever team punches first. And I keep thinking, and this is not a – I mean, I try to be as impartial with this team as I can. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. with the way that they jump on teams early, and it doesn't matter who's up there. Okay, Max Scherzer wants to fire – a 99-mile-per-hour four-seam fastball, okay, we'll jump all over that. Mm-hmm. Tyler O'Neill mm-hmm. eats those for breakfast right now. I mean, he just eats them and spits them out. So if it's not Bader, it's going to be somebody else. They're getting production. In that Wrigley series, it was Bader tying the game with a home run late in the game from the seventh spot. You know, it's just you have – they're beating up teams from the top to the bottom. I mean, I think it's going to be whoever it strikes first, and I think the Cardinals do it win three to one. Boy, wouldn't it be sweet if we had, uh, you know, 13 runs with it the first two innings? Like, yeah. <laughs> did against the like Atlanta, Atlanta game? Yeah, where they yeah. just piled it on. Yeah, I mean, I would as much as I would love to see that, that's not going to be the case. Uh, because <laughs> Max Scherzer's a much better better pitcher than uh, Fulton Navich. But, yeah, I I, I – you know, this isn't this is a Cardinal podcast, so obviously we're going to be a little more biased towards them. Um, but at the same time, it's an objective way to look at things, too. Um, I'm also going to say that the Cardinals take this game. 
I also think it's going to be a pretty close game. However, I think there's going to be more runs scored than four total. Um, I got you. The reason why is because Max Scherzer's coming off of two games where he's given up five earned runs over 10 and a half, or yeah, five earned runs in both of his last uh, starts. Uh, so that's 10 earned runs over the last two starts, I should say. And Wayno, like I said earlier, not that he's pitched poorly, but I have some concern that he gets into trouble early in this game because of the Dodgers lineup. Now they just lost a huge, and I can't understate this enough, a huge piece in Max Muncy. That is a big time blow. It's kind of like Devin Williams in the Brewers bullpen. Big time oh, blow. Um, but can, can the Dodgers overcome that injury? I don't know. Uh, because if they throw uh, Albert Pujols, Albert Pujols isn't going to see a fastball from Wayne Wright. He's just going to see a changeup, and he's just going to see a curve. Yeah. And then they're going to yeah. bust him inside on, a, on his hands with the fastball. And if he catches up to it, he'll yank it foul. But they've got to make that choice. Do they start Cody Bellinger at first base? And does that become a defensive liability at first base? So there's a lot of different layers to this that you can attack it from, which is why I say that this is going to be a higher scoring game than four. I'm actually going to say that this game ends uh, seven to four in favor of the Cardinals. Um, I think that Wainwright gets through six innings, three earned runs, um, and then the bullpen uh, does what it does best and, and keeps this game, um, you know, pretty tight, but finishes it off. And, and I think Gallegos gets the save um, and they go on to, to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a good prediction and I can't see it going that way. I can see them, the Cardinals scoring early and then the Dodgers what if they match him back three in the bottom of the first? And then it's just a seesaw battle. And again, you have the Cardinals lineup is hot. The Dodgers have been wounded. But as you say, they, you know, I kind of want them to put pools at first for two reasons. I want to see pools face Wainwright. I don't, I hope Wainwright gets him out a bunch, but I also, <laughs> but, but you also, if they want to start Bellinger, you want to flip the coin. Can you see Max being a little messed up early on and throwing a ball down the right field line? You know, yeah, and I don't know if that'll be the case. That'll be pretty interesting, actually, because if you know, we have Tommy Edmond who quietly, and I, I legitimately mean quietly, got thirty stolen bases. He did. I mean, I saw it, and I was like, if he has twenty nine, and then he stole one that day, and I was like, this guy's got a thirty base. He's got what forty one or forty two doubles too. He's a machine. Quietly, yeah, quite very quietly, and I think people wrote him off after his. Of uh, lousy June and but Placido Polanco yeah, quietly. He, yeah. You know, he had a very lousy middle part of the year, but then he he turned it on a little bit. He did he back down to earth again. So um Tommy Edmonds a, is a is a rookie player, though. I mean, he's a young guy, so I'm not yeah. expecting the world from him. But what I do expect if the Cardinals have an opportunity to play some small ball like they did against Milwaukee, knowing that that might be the only way that they win the game. I say, take the chance, prove, make Will Smith prove to you that he can throw you out. So if Tommy Edmonds on base, if Tyler O'Neill's on base and they have an opportunity and even Harrison Bader, I should say, they have an opportunity to move the runner, maybe do a hit and run. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, I think one player in particular that we have not talked about that could be a huge X factor is um, is is the rookie 
the prodigy, Polo, Polo Asensio calls him, El Prodigio, uh, <laughs> Dylan Carlson. Oh, Dylan, yeah. Dylan Carlson, to me right now, is poised to have a really, really up, you know, a really good game. He's coming off a really nice week in the last part of September. Um, he hit, he's hit, what, like four home runs in the last week. He's batting well over 300, had, a, you know, well, you know, well over five RBIs. There is a very big, big opportunity for him to step into that sixth hole with guys on base and do some damage. Yeah, I mean, he, again, the Cardinals are just stacked. I mean, I, I was thinking that the out-of-nowhere guy for the Cardinals could be Lars Newtbar yeah. coming up late yeah. in the game with a pivotal at-bat that maybe moves a runner you know, across, move, maybe scores. It's going to be one of those type of plays, and, and the Cardinals have so many guys that can deliver that hit, even like you know, Tommy Edmond can do it. Goldschmidt is hitting everything right now. Right. Arenado, O'Neal are following suit. You could see a guy like Paul DeYoung – you know, the Dodgers might throw him a stake and he, he might crank it out. It's just going to be – it could be a pitching duel or it could be a battle of wills. And I think either one will be entertaining as hell. Yeah, and let me – now that you mentioned Paul DeYoung, I, I want to ask you this question because apparently it's up for debate. And I'm not sure how, but I want to talk about it because it is it is kind of interesting. So he – so Paul DeYoung has some – and I'm going to use this very loosely – moderate success against Max Scherzer. I think it's only less, hmm. less than 15 at bats, but he's hitting over 300. Or you have Edmundo Sosa, who was your shortstop before getting hurt in the in the Wrigley series, but was a lightning rod, was a catalyst for your offense, was a catalyst on defense. So you're, you're Mike Schilt. You're going into Wednesday. Who are you penciling in at shortstop? I almost think you you pencil in Sosa to start, but then you wait for DeYoung for that pivotal. If the game is in, in the grabs in the fifth and sixth inning, that's when you might slot in DeYoung when Scherzer's a little weaker. Because, you know, I, I think that it's, 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 it's a coin flip. You know, you can have DeYoung who has some success, or you can have your guy who's been, except for the, the, hand, the hand injury, he's been your guy at shortstop. So I think you could do both. You can keep one of them as your – as your late game lightning run. I think the Cardinals could do that well by starting DeYoung and then putting Sosa into that game in the fifth and the sixth or seventh, or they could flip it around. I, I kind of want them to do Sosa and then DeYoung. And I'm actually going to take the opposite approach. I think if, if there is an opportunity to play DeYoung early on and you know he has some success, I think you write it for the first two, maybe, maybe two at bats. See okay. if something presents itself. Because at the end of the day, you're not losing anything defensively when you bring Edmundo in. Um, and when you're starting out with DeYoung, De you already have a pretty decent shortstop. Yes, his athleticism doesn't allow him to move left to right as fast. But if he can have success at the plate against Max Scherzer early on and, and kind of follow the narrative that you and I are building that, uh, for the Cardinals to win, they have to score early on. Um, then you're not so focused on what uh, what he can what he doesn't provide you defensively because at by the time Edmundo were to come in, you're expecting to be up maybe two to three runs at that point, maybe, and that's yeah. when you make that move to bring Edmundo in to to shore up defensively what you may lose with the young playing initially, but I don't think that's what he's going to do. I think I think Mike Schultz is going to start Edmundo Sosa because that's who. 
the hot hand is right now. And yeah. uh, to be frank, right, Paul DeYoung isn't having the great year, right? It's, no. you know, even when he subbed in for Edmundo Sosa, yeah, he was serviceable. He had a couple home runs in, in Chicago, but Edmundo Sosa is, is playing at a much higher level. So I don't think Mike Schilt is going to make this too complicated. I think he goes Sosa. Yeah, and I also think that, I mean, you got to think, with Edmundo Sosa, he kind of gives you that versatile attack. He can, if if you want the small ball, he he can be the guy that that basically you know keep, keeps that train going. He has speed. He can spray the ball to all, all parts of the field, and and he gives you good defense. You know, he pairs up well with Tommy Edmund at second or whoever's there. Gives you 110. percent So I, I kind of like either way. I think you know DeYoung could be that guy that delivers that early dent with perhaps a mistake from Scherzer. Let's say he DeYoung's batting seventh and Scherzer's, you know, he's faced six guys and he's thrown about 28 pitches and he throws a, you know, a two Oh mistake to DeYoung. And it's just a big difference maker. Are you could And then you have Sosa coming in the sixth or seventh to really shore up the defense and maybe give him a little bit extra speed to put on some insurance. Yeah, it, it's weird because like when I think about the Royals when they won in 2015, I think about Alcides Escobar, what kind of player he was. He was a, a contact player, a speed guy, a defensive guy. He had it, he was a very well-rounded player. And that's kind of how I see Edmundo Sosa. Um, he's he's just kind of like that guy who you can count on to be a catalyst for your offense when you need him to be. Uh, but a sure hand at shortstop and cover the ground uh, in the hole, deep in the hole or up the middle or turning a double play, you know, uh, which is something that the Cardinals do very well. They play defense very well on the infield and they play defense very well in the outfield. So, you know, this is what happens when you play to your strengths. And Adam Wainwright is going to do everything that he can to do that. He's going to spin a lot of curveballs up there in order to catch these Dodgers off balance and play and have his defense pretty much carry him through it. Um, that's what makes the Cardinals so dangerous is because they're not going to give you a lot of opportunities on the base pass because you know you have Yadier Molina at, catch it, at catcher. You're not going to be stealing. Um, and you've got, you don't really have that many opportunities on the infield to, to leg out a ground ball. Um, so you've got to be ready to play. Uh, and I think that's why I think Mike Schilt is going to stick with Sosa is because from start to finish through this month and, and just to ride the hot hand, um, you know, you got it. You have to play Sosa. And it's no different, in my opinion, with Giovanni Gallegos. Once he got the closer role, he wasn't giving it up. And Mike Schilt was very smart not to revert back to anybody else or give somebody else the job after one close, well, after one save by Gallegos. He recognized that if I'm going to win games, I'm giving Gallegos the ball. That's why he got the ball in Milwaukee and on, you know, short rest out of the bullpen. And that's why he would get the ball on Wednesday. I mean, obviously with more rest, but it, it just momentum is such a crucial thing in baseball. Um, especially for guys. And we talked about it at the very beginning of the show, um, especially when you have days off, momentum is very key to these, to these players. Okay. I think we beat the bush a little bit here. I think we've covered as much as we possibly can with, with the, the Dodgers and the Cardinals coming up again, that is going to be on Wednesday, October 6th uh, game starts at seven ten central time. 
Um, but you might as well grab your seat, grab your popcorn at 7 p.m., sit down, relax, and uh, try not to worry about a game of baseball that might be the biggest and you know biggest baseball game that we might see uh, for some time. Um, hopefully not, but uh, that could be very well be the case. So let's talk broader picture now. Uh, let's just extend it out to, to the American League first. Um, we've got Boston and Yankees at Boston tomorrow. Who do you like in that game? Uh, I think I like Boston just because they hit pretty well off Garrett Cole. And I, I just kind of believe in Evaldi coming up pretty big for, for the Red Sox. And I think they're both playing pretty well. And anytime the Red Sox and Yankees play, it's a battle. I just think the Red Sox are going to have the upper hand and send a lot of Yankees fans home pretty sad. But it can go either way, though. Yeah, it's much. It feels like it's much like the Dodgers Cardinals game where it's a true toss up. I think the Cardinals yeah. are at like plus one eighty, but that's not really significant to me because it's a home game for the Dodgers. So I'm not really going to put too many stones in that basket. So I'm actually going to take the Yankees here. Uh, what they did to Boston, you know, over the weekend <laughs> or over the last week um, was pretty telling to me that the Yankees uh, have found some kind of fifth gear here. Boston losing a couple games to, to the Orioles and, and the Nationals, that's a big yikes to me. Those are games that you should not be giving up, especially in the heat of a playoff moment. That, that wild card could have been decided, you know, three days before, but they left it to the last yeah. day to beat a very, very bad Nationals team. I'm not, I'm not riding high on Boston. I take the Yankees. Okay. So then it becomes Yankees and Rays. Um, who do you like in that one? Well, for me, I, I think they're just, you got to go with the Rays. They're just one of the sharpest teams in the league. I mean, I, I couldn't believe when I saw their win totals, like, man, this team is just taking wow. over. And then I saw what they did in their, and their roster. And I think that'll be a really good series. I, I think if the Yankees do, can get over Boston and keep playing. That could be a very uh, memorable series, but I think the Rays are going to come out on top in that one. Okay, so then now we flip it to our old friend Tony Larusa and his Chicago White Sox and taking on Carlos Correa and the Houston Astros. Who do you got there? I think I have the White Sox, man. The White Sox are, are kind of like that team that I, I think could just ride right through this thing because they have an equal amount of pitching and offense, including, you know, old, old friends, not just the Russo, but Mr. Lance Lynn in that rotation. And it's just they're, they're a very good team at home, and, and they're going to get, you know, I mean, they, they utilize that against the Astros. And even though they're a very good team, for some reason, I think the White Sox are going to have the edge, even though both of these AL matchups could really go five to six or seven games because they're very evenly matched. There's just so many strong teams in that league. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you uh, um, on the White Sox-Astros series. Uh, I think that's a series that goes five games. Uh, I can't see it uh, being a sweep um, I at, yeah. at minimum four games, but it will go five. Um, as for the Rays and Yankees, I like the Rays because they're just a fundamentally good team. There's nothing else yeah. to it. They're just really good at what they, they do. They play it right. They play yeah. the game right. They're, they're a very, very quiet, humble division winner. Um, and they beat you just playing good fundamental baseball. Um, I originally said, you know, at the very beginning of the season that it was going to be a Yankees Dodgers World Series. And while that still could be the case, I just don't think they have enough to beat the Rays. I don't know if they do. 
Um, so I'm going to actually say the Rays take uh, uh, the Yankees in four games. Uh, so sets up for, for both of us, a, a Rays, White Sox, um, ALCS. Who do you like coming out of the AL to go to the World Series there? Of course, I, I always forget the first series is five games. Yeah. And of course, when when they when they get the they can eliminate the game, it's only three wins. But yeah. thank gosh, it's only five games. I, I think a few more may may just send us over the edge. But <laughs> I really play enough baseball as it is. <laughs> yeah, these guys are like, oh gosh, two seven game series. But you know, I think the White Sox, man, I think this one's going to go. This is the one I think is going to go pretty late because as you said the Rays play fundamental good baseball and that means home or away playoffs or regular season they're always going to give you fits but I think the White Sox have so much firepower and just the you know you you look at the offense and this is the same for the Rays both the team the pitching ERA and the team OPS for the White Sox is the top eight I mean it's just in, in the major leagues it's a very fearsome very balanced crew, and I think it can go either way. But with with La Russa, having been through this area so many times, it's just he's just you can say how old he gets, but the mind doesn't you know it doesn't age as fast as the body. And if if there's anybody embodying that thing, it's it's Tony La Russa. I think he's going to push this team to be, to the pennant winner. You know, one thing that I forgot to mention is that. Uh, we get a Dusty Baker, Tony La Russa series, and that's also very <laughs> fun because <laughs> every time they played, whenever he was man or Dusty was managing the Reds, we knew it was fireworks for the two of them. So can't wait yeah. to see that rivalry renewed again. Um, I'm also going at, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go different here. I think the Rays, again, they're just too good fundamentally. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they've got good pitching, so do the White Sox. Uh, this is this is a series that easily goes six, seven games. Um, I think you have a point in that the White Sox's offense is just phenomenal. It's just really, really good top to bottom. Luis Robert is really good. Eloy Jimenez is really good. Jose Abreu is really good. They just I mean, beat you up. It's yeah. almost like a murderer's row where you think, who are you going to pitch to? You know, yeah. I mean, who's a, if you make one mistake to these guys, it's going to go 400 feet behind you. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Cardinals have their, they have a similar setup, right? You've got, oh, you know, if you, if you don't want to deal with Goldie, you got to deal with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. You don't feel like yeah. doing that, then good luck with Arenado. And if you don't feel like doing that, good luck with Carlson and Yachty behind them. So, I mean, I, I just think at the end of the day, I think the Rays just play a better brand of baseball. Um, and maybe that just speaks to the kind of baseball player I was. <laughs> I don't know, but I just, uh, I think they, they go out and they, they repeat as uh AL champions. Okay. Let's flip it back to the, to the NL now. Uh, I think both of us are, are pretty firm in our belief that the Cardinals win the wild card game. Um, so <laughs> let's talk Brewers Braves. Who do you got there? I, I, I really have the Braves. I mean, just the way the Brewers just folded and look, I, I know maybe they thought they were just taking a layup against the Cardinals who they only finished five games over in the NL central. So just seeing the, the Brewers collapse. I mean, like, like you were saying with the Boston Red Sox, when you lose those kind of games, when you just look like, like the inferior team, especially against the Cardinals, if you were the Milwaukee Brewers, you would have wanted to bury them. You oh, would yeah. have wanted to you know, trip them up and keep them from getting, you know, be the team that, okay, I stopped the Cardinals in their tracks, but they didn't. They just got ran over in convincing fashion. I think the, the Braves are going to do it. I think they're going to take it in four games. 
I also think the Braves stand a chance. I just think that the Brewers pitching is too good. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I really do. I, it would take a pretty, pretty disastrous uh, three games to, for the Brewers to lose that series. It's very possible, though. Their, their bullpen has taken a hit with Devin Williams. So, you know, one thing that I give the Cardinals credit for when they play the Brewers is we didn't see Hayter in, in, in Milwaukee, not once. No. And so if the Brewers don't get to Hayter, they lose that series. It's just plain and simple. But if they can get to him and with the lead, they'll they could sweep that series. I could easily see them yeah. taking it in three games. But they've got to play good baseball too, because Atlanta, while they haven't played the best baseball, they still have a very capable lineup. I think the Brewers are a pretty much I don't want to say gimme, but I just don't see the Braves mounting anything. I think the Brewers uh uh beat them pretty handily. I think it'll be a sweep. Um 3-0 easy um okay so now that that we have our our wild card settled we know it's it's dodge i mean sorry not dodgers <laughs> cardinals uh giants is this the year we exercise demons and, and forget about the even years and say we're rolling i mean i really think it is i kept going over and over in this series i actually scribbled all over this paper saying that Cardinals had in four or five. The Giants had it in four or five. But I think the one team the Cardinals handled when they were pretty bad were the Giants. I mean, mm -hmm. when they came out of the all-star break, they took two or three against the Giants, and then they took two or three again. So I think the, the way they're playing now, the, the I mean, the Giants are always going to be a fearsome team. But I think, you know, I, I want to say this is going to go five because the Giants didn't exactly slow up over the end of the year. I mean, they had to hold off a very – very, very angry Dodgers team. Again, that that Dodgers team that I think everybody hopes the Cardinals can kind of climb over on Wednesday. But I think the Cardinals take this series in five. I think it's going to be tough. And I think that anybody can make the case for San Francisco. But just with the way they're playing and the way they had success against them, and they had success without you know a lot of their guys hitting the way they're hitting now. You know, they weren't jumping on teams back then. They're just kind of, you know, like a you know, scratching out victories. So I think the Cardinals get this series in five. I could see it in four, but I think the Giants are going to, you know, they're going to push it. They're a good club. They're a very good club. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you can't be a bad team if you win 107 games. No, you can't. Not even the 2015 Cardinals. No, they were a good yeah. Good kind of club. <laughs> we, we can't we can't hang our hat on them being bad. So um, no, there's there's every bit of fiber in me that wants to exercise our demons. I I really want it to happen because I'm so sick uh, of yeah. listening to the yeah. Giants beating us. I'm tired of it. I also I'm just maybe it's PTSD um, from you know the 2014 series where we just absolutely blew it. Uh, I mean, there's just so much history at this point within the last 10, 15 years between these two clubs and going back and forth and, and being in this spot where, you know, it's pretty much deciding your fate in the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who to pick. I want to say it's the Cardinals. I want to say that they do it in three games just to be over with, but I can't. Um <laughs> 
but I'm going to be like you and I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns here and say that the Cardinals win in five. And the only reason I say that is because I think the Cardinals did something that um, we are still pretty sure. I'm pretty sure at least that we are still just not quite truly realizing what it is that they did. And that was go out and acquire two left-handed or three really, but two left-handed veteran pitchers in Jay Happ and John Lester. Not many teams see left-handed pitching and the giants have a lot of left-hand left-handed hitting batters. And, and yeah. look at what the Cardinals have done with those two pitchers. They've turned them into ground ball machines, essentially. Um, they're not strikeout pitchers anymore. Um, and I think again, you know, again, with the, uh, a comparison to the two, 2015 Royals, right? Defense, defense, and defense. That's what's going to save you the most runs in games. That's what's going to keep you in this game um, and, and in a series. So I think if the Cardinals get, you know, continue their, their very good starting pitching from their left-handers, I could easily see this game, you know, the division or series going to them. So I'm going to say the Cardinals in five. Okay. Cardinals, uh, for, for you, it's Cardinals Braves. If that's the case, I think I know the answer, but I'll let you say it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be a series though, because I think for some reason, you know, the, like you said, the Atlanta Braves didn't finish the greatest, but I mean, I, I do think they'll put up a fight, but I think the Cardinals can take them in six. If they get past the Giants and they got past the Dodgers, I mean, the Braves are going to be that team that, hey, you know, we, we finished first in our division. We're, we're a mighty team, and the Cardinals are we're going to, we don't, uh, Cardinals, we don't care. We're just going to knock you down. So I think if the Cardinals do get to that point, which I think they can with, with some luck and some very good performances, I think. They can get over Atlanta in six, what I'm going to say, for the, uh, the, the I guess, the pennant. My gosh, man, we're, we're almost there. We're a few weeks away from the end of the season. I know. <laughs> it goes by quick, and before you know it, then we got to sit through the offseason and wonder if anything's going to happen. Wait, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the stove gets pretty cold quick. Um, okay, so you've got Cardinals beating the Braves in six um, to take them to the, to the World Series, and, boy, I'll save your matchup for later because that's that's some storybook writing for you. Um, but I have the Cardinals and Brewers facing off uh, because I truly think that's, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a 2011 homer, but I just there's something about it that just screams the inevitable. Um, if the Giants, if the Cardinals can get past the Dodgers and the Giants, I just don't see any way that the Cardinals can't beat the Brewers. I just don't see it. Um, if the Cardinals were to not win against the Giants, I'm picking the Giants hands down. Doesn't matter. I will pick them to win the World Series at all costs because yeah. they, they are that at that point. I would know that they're the hottest team in baseball, and it would take a Herculean effort to beat them. But for the sake of the the rest of the show, Cardinals beat the the Brewers in six. Um, I think that they've beat their pitching before. They'll do it again. I would not be worried about that. I think the Cardinals have their number and know what to do. Okay, World Series time before we, we wrap up the rest of this show. You've got storybook writing here in the making, and you've got the Cardinals taking on uh, the Chicago White Sox and Tony La Russa <laughs> making – a possible, obviously, return to St. Louis in the World Series. 
Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of storybook writing it is and how fitting that would be. Um, but let me hear it. What do you think? I, I, I think at this point, I think the Cardinals will, will meet their match. I think the White Sox are going to win this thing, man. I, I think their hitting is just so strong and they pitch so well enough. I think this that series will go six games. But La Russa, I think that comes down to managerial tactics. And I think it's, it's, as good as Mike Schilt has been during the streak, I think against La Russa, perhaps some flaws may come out. We've seen it before. But I do think it's going to be a heck of a series, and I can see it going to seven. But for the way that that they could just maybe pile on Lester and half in that series if they had to make a start, maybe Wainwright runs out of gas. If he obviously, if the Cardinals are going to make it that far, they're going to need a very you know rigorous Adam Wainwright. And I think at that point, the White Sox with their hitting could just you know outlast the Cardinals. So I think it's a it's a storybook World Series, but I think La Russa well, just again, people were laughing about the guy in spring training. I thought, just wait, the guy's going to do it. But I think LaRusso and the White Sox prevail. Uh, you know, and I'm not sure why anybody would laugh because when you have the, <laughs> you know, when you have Tony LaRusso, second all time winningest manager in base, Major League Baseball, he's won what, two World Series. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I can't for the life of me understand it. You know, at, at, at early on in the year, I, I was very, very critical of Mike Schill, as as were, was everybody. Let's be real here. Yeah. Everybody was super critical. Even through the first me part too. of September, he, we were critical. And one of the things I said was, he's not Tony LaRusso. And what I meant by that was, he didn't have the managerial fortitude that Tony LaRusso had or has. Because when Tony LaRusso went out to make a change, it was because you messed up as the pitcher, not the manager. We have yeah. seen time and time again where Mike, Sch Mike Schilt has pulled a Mike Matheny and brought in guys too late, too early, didn't know what to do, double switching when it didn't need to be double switched. We've seen this story before, and, and we've seen it in Mike Matheny, and it manifested a little bit in Mike Schilt. Now, what Mike Schilt has done recently has kind of gotten a grip with reality and said, look, I'm going with my best bullets. And you know what? Sometimes if I die by the sword, then I die by the sword. But at least I know who I'm sending out there and what, and what position I'm in. So Tony La Russa, whenever he managed, that's how he did it. He, he didn't care when you were pitching bad or when you were pitching good. When it was time to get you, it was time to get you. So I could easily see the White Sox beating Cardinals. I really do. I mean, I, I think it's very plausible. So my matchup for me is Cardinals Rays, and it's the ultimate Cardinal team on the American League side <laughs> and the <laughs> Cardinals of the National League. Um, and again, this is probably a series that most people would say, I'm not watching that. But I think if you're a purist, if you're a, a true lover of the game, you're going to see really good starting pitching, really good hitting, and really good defense. That's what it comes down to. Um, unfortunately, I also don't think the Cardinals are going to win the World Series. Um, it's just, you know, as much as I want to align all the stars with 2011, there's something about the Rays this year that just tells me this is their moment. Um, they've just got a really, really good ball club. That's, that's about it. They've got really good pitching. They know what to do. Um, 
I, I think that, that the Rays would, would uh, I wouldn't say handily beat the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals would give them a run for their money. But I, I could see the, the World Series uh, end in five games against the Cardinals just because the, the Rays are that good. Um, but I got to tell you, you know, looking at it from a 10,000-foot a view, there's not a favorite. I, in my opinion, there's not a true favorite in this, in this playoffs. I don't know how you feel. No, I mean, I really don't think there is either. I think there's a lot of 100-win teams, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of hot September teams, and the Cardinals are one of them. I mean, it all depends on how – it all comes down to how you put it together in the end of the season. And if you're coasting or if you're battling or if you're just playing really well. And the Cardinals, you know, let's face it, they had to really push hard to get a hold of that wild card spot. I mean, at one point, it was a plausible – if, you know, if, if it's only 10 to 15% plausible chance they could catch the Brewers or make it kind of, you know, at least make Milwaukee sweat a little bit. I mean, they got it down to five games where I think it was once 13 or 14 or 15, but yeah. it's just, you know, it comes down to, you know, who's going to be the MVP on your pitching side, who's going to be the MVP on your, and your hitting side. And the Cardinals have several of those. John Lester could all of a sudden pitch out of his mind. I mean, it isn't like he's been getting gifted wins. He has, as you pointed out, he has been, he he got the Wayno school, you know, he said, stop trying to strike everybody out, hit your spots, get the ground balls, full hitters, you know, do what Wainwright's doing at 40 years old. I mean, I think, the Cardinals have a lot of weapons, but then again, a lot of teams do. Like you said, the Rays, the Rays are stacked. They play the game right. The White Sox have all that, you know, that thump in their lineup. And, of course, that that one guy named Tony in their dugout. And then the Giants, you know, there's just – there's six or seven teams, you could say, could be a World Series team. Yeah, again, as I said – when I was discussing Giants Cardinals, you're not a bad team when you win 107 games. It's what if the Yankees catch fire? You know, yeah, you know hey. what if they just go berserk? Yeah, you know, my dad's a, a Yankees fan, um, <laughs> and so he's he's uh, he's hoping for a, a 1964 rematch between the Cardinals and the Yankees. <laughs> and to be honest, I am too, just so we can have something to uh, argue oh, yeah. about outside of Barcelona versus Real Madrid at this point. Um, <laughs> but. But uh, I think we're, we're both of the understanding and of the same mindset that, you know, this is probably the most open this field uh, of playoff teams has been in a long time. And I think it's a really yeah. good thing for baseball um, there. Obviously, there's an opportunity for the Dodgers to repeat, which would be a very good storyline for them. There's opportunity for first time winners in the Rays. Um, and there's opportunity for even Tony La Russa to to show the baseball world once again how good of a manager he is i think he's the you know the best manager in modern day baseball bar none um so you know there's a lot of different storylines so let's go ahead and wrap this up uh again we've we've beat around the bush we've we've talked to mlb baseball we've talked cardinals we've talked uh um you know all the playoff implications so i want to end it by giving you an opportunity to just let everybody know where they can find your, your work and, and opportunity to, to reach out to you for, uh, for anything that uh, Cardinal related or even film related. Oh man. I mean, really for me, it's a, it's the movie reviews are at KSTK news, the Cardinal commentaries at STL Jewish light. And of course the dose of Buffalo is where I get the sound off. And, but really, if you really want to follow what I do, it's the, the Twitter account, 
really trumps even the Facebook, you know, who, who, who the heck can have 65 hashtags on an Instagram post. So right. that's not even, it's, it's kind of like a fun account, but if you really, if you want to know what I'm thinking and what I'm going to do and Twitter's that at, at Buffett is pretty much the, the place to be where I'm pretty much setting up fires or dropping grenades as, or as Daniel Shoptal calls me the, the polarizing one that that is me on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. And um, obviously, uh, you know, we, we thank you again for your time. I mean, it was a really great conversation. I think. Uh, oh, we, man. We learned great. A, lot, uh, a lot of baseball acumen going around here. Um, and of course, if you want to listen to the Turning Two podcast, please find us on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Um, for the meantime, we've got about what, 45 hours, 40-ish hours before uh, first pitch on Wednesday, October 6th. Um, until then, get your rest, eat your Wheaties, um, and how about them Cardinals? <laughs>